Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we prepare our pitch for the next Nintendo animated movie starring the Nintendo Badge Arcade Bunny. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including last week's Indie World Showcase. And then on Thursday, we are determining the five best Nintendo cats. But Mark, in the meantime, how's it going? It's going great. I So maybe this is just a me thing. Mm. But um, as I get older, yes. I find that... And for whatever reason, it really bothers me that it's happening here. Um, so, you know, I have... I have here at this table? <laughs> I have... I Well, unfortunately, everywhere I go, it's happening. <laughs> because I have hair on my arms. Yeah. And then I didn't used to have hair anywhere else. But, like, on the back... Well, like of, your head. And <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. That's but a you're good saying, point. You're That's saying, fair. like, chest and... Yes. Uh-huh. But then now, on, like, the back of my arm... Uh-huh. Up here, I get like long, loose hairs. See, it's the long, loose hairs. Yeah, like, I don't, or like they're they're not like loose, like they're um they're connected. They're connected, <laughs> yeah. but they're loose as in they they don't appear to be part of like a patch of hair. No, it's just like two kind of like long, yeah. Yeah. squirrely hairs. Yeah, this is that the are thing. just coming yes. out of my otherwise pink nubile flesh. <laughs> I don't know that I can recover from that. <laughs> it's here's the thing: uh, having like a wild hair that's growing on the back of the top of your arm, I feel like pretty good. I get those in my eyebrows, <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes I'll be out in the world and I can just like tuck it into the rest of the eyebrow. Uh, yes, yeah. But sometimes I don't know about no, it. No, or it's a windy day. And, yeah, and yeah, and I'm just flapping <laughs> around just, in the yeah. breeze. If I'm in a convertible, forget oh my, about it. No, it's like one of those, uh, you know, like uh, dancing arm men in front of yes, a used right. car dealership. Right. And like, you can, the only thing to do, you, you can try to trim them with scissors. You can try. You can try, but I, whenever I find a rogue hair like that, I like to make an example of it and pluck it all the way out. <laughs> you know, where I, where I go to get my hair cut. Yeah. Sometimes. Are we getting grosser in these no, openings? No, 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 no. <laughs> this is, uh, this is, this is a, this is a nice story. Oh, okay, good. Where I go to get my hair cut, occasionally, the person will offer to trim my eyebrows. Yeah. And the fact that it's only occasionally makes me think that either sometimes they're not, like, as busy, or sometimes it is, unbeknownst to me, so horrible. No, no, no. You got to think about it the other way. The other way. (laughs) That they're, like... That most of the time, most of the time when you come in, your eyebrow game is on point. They're, like, he doesn't need my help. And it's only occasionally where they're like, I could actually offer my services here and make this a little bit better. <laughs> Cut yourself a break, Mark. You're right. No, no, no. You're right. Pink nubile flesh. <laughs> uh, if you would like support, like to support Mark's pink nubile flesh, you can support us on Patreon.com. Uh, you can go to Patreon.com slash Nintendo Cartridge Society, uh, where you can kick us a couple bucks if you are interested in uh, helping us make this show um, on a weekly, on a twice weekly basis. That's uh, right. Mm-hmm. But there's something in it for you too. Oh in yes. In fact, multiple things 
depending on the tier that you support us at. And if you support us at the 8-bit or 16-bit tier, mm-hmm. you have access to a bonus episode every month. Um, we are doing a mini-series right now called NCS Detective Club, where we are talking about the great detective shows of television history. I think we can announce what our next episode is going to be about. That's right. Uh, for the next trip, we're going to be uh, taking... Uh, jaunt across the pond. Mm-hmm. We're going to be visiting jolly old England. That's right. We're doing an English th- series for the first time. Uh, yeah, Agatha Christie's Marple. Marple. We're watching Marple. This is the 2004 series. Um, uh, there are two different actors who uh, portray Marple throughout the run. We're doing one from each uh, from each Marple. Uh, it's a it's a very exciting time, uh, and I it, I feel like we're a little overwhelmed by it. They're just very long. They're just, they're just very <laughs> it's long. Like they're they ba- so many details. We're basically talking about two movies. That's right. That's right. So if you want to get in on that, or if you want to listen to our episodes that are already out there about Monk, about Psych, about Murder, She Wrote, about the third one. Diagnosis Murder. There we go. By which I meant fourth one is Diagnosis Murder. Uh, you can uh, support us at the eight or 16-bit tiers and check out those episodes now. Also, we have a Discord. If you would like to get in there and talk about Nintendo stuff, which people are doing basically all the time, you can send us an email at nintendocartridgesociety at gmail.com, and we will send you an invitation. Mark, would you like to get into what we've been playing this week? Let's do it. All right. Tetris 99 ticket update. It's a Tetris 99 ticket update. All right. Okay. All right. I'm grooving on it. I like it. Uh, 739. Nice. Uh, oh, wait. So is that nice? I'm slowing down a little oh, bit. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm back below the, the, the 20 threshold. I feel like, and this is not for you to do. This yeah. is for me to do. To keep track. I need going. to keep track. So that way I know how to gauge my excitement right. better or a disappointment better. Yeah. You know, depending on the progress made. I mean, e- e- even just having to say the number out loud feels like some amount of accountability. You know what I mean? I I do. But I'm <laughs> I'm I do but know you, what you want mean. more. I'm hey, I you know, I'm still uh trying to live up to Matt's example yep. and you know, um be that good like guiding coach yeah. that you need. I need a Someday coach. Someday hope, you know, hopefully you'll look back and I'll be one of those people who, you know, Touched your life in some right. way. And maybe this can be that way. I need a Lydia Tar figure to <laughs> wait. No, to loom over me. No. Yes, Lydia Tar did nothing <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Let's talk about Tetris ninety nine because uh, you've been playing it a little bit this weekend. Yeah, that's right. For um, the Maximus Cup. Maximus Cup. Uh, it, I assume that you got the Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe. I did, Deluxe. and okay. not to interrupt what you're about to say. So keep it in your mind. But I've just got to say that the past two Maximus Cups. Yes. Uh, it used to take me about an hour, I would say, to yes. get um, enough, like to get 100 points. But I'm now able to do it in like three or four matches. So either two things are happening. One, and this feels less likely, that I'm getting better at Tetris 99. Or two, I used to play it like Saturday morning or like Sunday morning, and I would just get my butt kicked. But this time I played like Sunday or Saturday evening, maybe it was Sunday evening, and then the one before that it was Monday night, and I think it's just more of my people on. 
at uh, that time. Sure. You so you, you think you, you've level. self-selected yes. uh, an easier opponent pool. We got an email from uh, Mark, not you, who writes in, Hi, Patrick and Mark. Love the show. Just a quick debug on your news episode. This is an email we actually got a couple weeks ago, and by the time we were able to address it, it was out of... Uh, but anyway, um, he writes, uh, I'm sorry, Mark, but I hate to burst your Fire Emblem Engage Tetris 99 Maximus cup bubble. I'm sure you are getting better, but Nintendo did, in fact, make it easier to accumulate points. I kn- okay, that makes so, so much sense. So there you go. There you go. Yeah, Mark, thank you for confirming. That totally makes sense. Cause, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> so, okay, so there was a third uh, option out right. there that I wasn't aware of. So it's probably neither the, the time I was playing... <laughs> Or that I've gotten better. Right. That is definitely not true. I think you you may you may have gotten better. I only play when they're Maximus. Okay, cups. then you're probably to, worse. I have, to, I have to relearn the controls every time. <laughs> it's Tetris. <laughs> and then the, left, um, right, down, turn the blocks, but pull the, the block. I w- but option C does absolutely. Yeah. Make the most sense that they just made it easier to get points. Um, this is a fine uh Tetris Max or Tetris ninety nine theme. Um, it will now just join the uh like the throng of Kirby themes in my head. I um, yes, I'm trying to find yeah yeah like all the I'm trying to find somebody in our Discord and I apologize that um I can't remember who it was. Oh here we go, Anthons um said that out of twenty five themes for Maximus events, five of them have been Kirby themed. Yeah, so full fifth. It's a lot, and like I, I, I do think that the uh, Kirby's Dream Buffet um, theme is an ex- extraordinarily good one because it is doing like Kirby music, but it's sort of like ska-y Kirby music. So it comes with like an energy that's even more manic than like Kirby gets normally. Um, and so I really appreciate that one. Now, uh, when I'm just like playing the game uh, to get my daily tickets, I have it on the Kirby's Dream Buffet. Oh, theme. nice. Yeah. I actually, I don't know that I would say that it like fit the mood of Tetris 99 perfectly, but I did like the, the music. Listening to this one, because it was from, I'm assuming the music, the theme was Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe. Yeah. And I'm assuming the music is from that game. And the music sounded great. Yeah. So I'm guessing the soundtrack to Return to Dreamland Deluxe is awesome as well. Uh, but, you know, Nintendo, you make other games. You don't just make Kirby games. <laughs> I think Anthons was also pointing out, we never got a Splatoon 3. Yeah, it's theme. outrageous. Yeah. I wonder if they'll they'll do it when they get back to... Um, the uh, like the story mode in the, in the DLC that there's oh, like uh-huh. or you, whatever the the second like uh, actual content drop of that is like that would be a good time to like throw something on Tetris 99 just to keep Splatoon in the like consciousness yeah um but yeah it is strange that like every every time they do anything that they don't have a Tetris 99 uh, theme to go with it yeah I'm surprised that there wasn't like a Super Mario Brothers movie. Tetris 99. Great question. Or opening of the theme park or whatever. Yeah, or like Tears of the Kingdom. Well, we could still get it. Tears of the, the Kingdom, Kingdom will like still three get months yeah. from now. It is weird that it also, d- they don't happen when the games come out. Like, it's it's a couple months later. And maybe, again, that's just to like keep the game. Yeah, in marketing the, beat in, type yeah, thing. it's another marketing beat after the game is out. Um, Mark, I've been spending time also playing uh, the Final Fantasy Pix- Pixel remasters. I bought all of them. Um and I've really just been playing Final Fantasy IV, which is uh, kind of my first Final Fantasy. Um, and so I'm just sort of uh, having a wonderful time playing it with this new coat of paint and with uh, four times experience boost on. Uh, because, hey, I don't want to grind anymore. I don't, I, don't, I, I don't think I get any joy out of that anymore. Um, so I have yet to just like 
uh, turn off random encounters and just like march right to like the end of a, a dungeon area. I still just do the random encounters, but you know, I, I let my characters gain four times the experience they normally would, which has allowed me to. One of the things about Final Fantasy IV is that uh, it the char- characters are like coming into and leaving your party basically all the time, and there's no point where like you get to like the end game and you can sort of freely pick who's in your party. It's always just determined by like the the story beats. So there are many characters that join you for a short time uh, and then are either killed or in one particularly tragic case turned to stone. Um, and uh, I decided that I was like, I want to see, there are these two twin characters, these twin mages who are children when, when, uh, when you join up with them. Um, and uh, they are with you for a short amount of time, right? Like it's, you know, maybe like uh, two hours of gameplay at like normal non uh, four times experience uh, speed. Um, and they're, they're cool little wizards and uh, they have like this twin magic that they cast together. Uh, but one of them is a white mage, one is a black mage. Um, and I never got a chance to see what their like higher level spells or like spell casting capabilities are really like. Um, so it was fun to like spend a little time grinding with them at four times experience and see like the full like breadth and depth of their spell casting prowess. And like, I don't know, it felt great to like see these kids realize into like powerful wizards. That's really cool. Cause I guess it makes sense that the game originally would have accounted for that because you could have just in theory just kept grinding and grinding on you know like the right. enemy so, encounters right and i didn't grind for like ever you know but uh, just, just enough to like see them with some like higher level spells oh right oh i mean yeah. in like the you know if before you could do 4x like if you were playing on the super nintendo yeah. you would have had to spend a lot of time yeah to get to that point yeah um also, uh, and this is a, a, an anecdote that I relayed to you, um, uh, w- like right when I started playing, but I haven't done it on the podcast yet. Um, th- I was not emotionally prepared for the experience of hearing the remixes of Final Fantasy music in the context of the games. Um, you know, obviously we've heard orchestrations and remixes of Final Fantasy music forever, right? Like that's one of the first things when you're, you know, or for me, when I was going on like file sharing sites like Napster or LimeWire or whatever back in the day um, and being like, oh, orchestrated Final Fantasy seven, uh, orchestrated Final Fantasy six um, music. Uh, and so like, I, I know the, I know what those orchestrations sound like. Um, and like, it doesn't surprise me to hear one out of context of the games, but when I'm playing those games and I'm seeing those sprites, I always expect to hear that super NES sound chip, like spitting out the melodies. And I like the super NES sound chip, but no shade to that sound chip, but there is something totally different in the experience between hearing the original, uh, recording or, you know, whatever the original music of, um, the final fantasy four love theme, um, when, uh, Cecil is uh, admitting his uh, fail his failings and weakness to his girlfriend Rosa, uh, and hearing a fully orchestrated version of that at the exact same moment, um, just getting like the sound and visuals playing together in a way where I'm like, oh, this is a uh, this moment feels emotionally fresh and new and resonant to me. Um, I just am loving it. That's awesome. When on Wednesday yeah. when I was over at your place. I was watching you or you showed me a little bit of it and I was not really prepared for how nice the presentation is. Presentation's amazing. Um, yeah. In these pixel remasters. Like they, it seems like they did a really like good job. It also made me wonder, and I don't know the answer to this. 
And so if anybody does or can point me in the direction of where I could find out, I it really got me thinking, like, how do you remaster a game? Or, like, how do you mm. remake a game? Yeah. What, what is that process? Like, is there a base of code that is the old game that you're building off of? Are, are developers spending time doing, like, asset for asset recreations i would guess the latter and then like you know like because working with the old code down, would be hard right right so then are you getting like you just like twe yeah. tweaking the movement of the characters and all that kind of stuff to just to i don't know it, it seems i don't think i really ever thought and appreciate it took the time to appreciate like how much work much like a remaster or a remake of one. Right. It's really a remake. A remake of a game like that would actually be. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting that we don't really have the, like you kept kind of oscillating back and forth between remake and remaster. Cause it's not really like they are remaking the game, but it's different from like a conceptual remake, you know? Right. Um, like final fantasy seven remake or the new resident evil games or anything like that. Um, but it, cause it is more or less a faithful recreation, but just with modern tools. Um, so yeah, very cool. I'm excited to, uh, keep working my way through it. I feel like I'm making tremendous time through, uh, through Final Fantasy IV. I've put, uh, maybe like five or six hours into it. Um, and I feel like I am deeper into the game than I ever get on like, except for, you know, the like one or two times that I've actually played it all the way through. Um, so it's very exciting. I'm underground with the dwarves, uh, flying around, um, and having a great time. I'm reunited with Rydia. I'm having the time of my life. Uh, I love Final Fantasy IV. Mark, what are you playing? So I continue to chip away at Super Mario Galaxy, and I'm I don't really have a lot new to say about it. Like I I'm the more I play, the more I'm kind of like a two minds. I would say it is still absolutely incredible, and yet. I think it for sure shows its age. And it's a lot mm, of the same mm -hmm. ways that, honestly, like Super Mario 64 shows its age and um, Super Mario Galaxy, or sorry, Super Mario Sunshine showed its age in that, like, camera control. It, they don't. You got to let go of that. <laughs> I know. It's an but, illusion, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, you know, uh, in so many ways, it feels so modern. Yeah. And then you, you know, go to move the camera and it's like, Oh, you can't move the camera. Or you can, but it's, you know, almost it's almost GameCube era and it's sure, we'll do it in like quadrants. Yeah, yeah. But you don't have like free flowing control and it's just so jarring because really the majority of the game holds up so well. I but How do you control the camera in um in uh, what are we talking about? Galaxy. Well, actually so I uh, I use the you have like the the pointer. Uh-huh. which would be like the the Wiimote. right and then you would have like the nunchuck right piece and so you would use the so you use like the, the oh you must be using the d-pad on the Wii to move the camera i yeah so this is my this is my question so that would make sense why it, it's not like you are you using the uh where, as you are playing it now you're I'm using, using the right the joy con oh, yeah the, the, but the right oh sorry stick. sorry the thumbstick yeah, yeah. Uh, okay that yeah that does make sense yeah because like there is only the one thumbstick yeah you're right the, i didn't even think about no, that yeah. that does make sense that it would like move in increments then because yeah. it must have been it must have been no the analog control yeah exactly yeah anyways it's a it it is a great game it does show its age. It's not like a hundred percent timeless, but it's not in the same way. Look, it's not Super Mario Galaxy Two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I've also been playing a little bit of Star Wars Republic Commando, which is the also free showing trial its age. game. Uh-huh. Oh, yes, it is. It's the free trial game on for Nintendo Switch Online subscribers in North America right now. For I a couple think, days still, right? Yeah, I think okay. one or two days left. Um, I didn't put that much time into it. Maybe two hours. But it is it, it is showing its age. And yet, so like, I think I played as much as I want to of it. How would you describe the gameplay? Okay, so it is a first-person shooter. Okay. Um, and you're, like, looking through the visor of a clone trooper, and you are the, like, commander of a clone trooper unit, and you're introduced uh, really early in the game to, like, the different members of your squad, and they all have, like, a different kind of, like, attitude, different... Their helmets are different colors. I have different markings and they all have different skills. And so, and I don't know, maybe later in the game, your team gets switched up and you meet new characters and stuff, but it's just, it's the four of you. And so you are going through and then you'll come to a point where like you need a sniper. So you direct the sniper clone trooper to go over and like take them out. Or it might call for explosives to blow open the door. And so you'll call like the other clone trooper. Um, the first level is on Geonosis. Because it takes place like in the Attack of Clones, like around right around Attack of the Clones. Yeah, and um, and then in addition to every person having their job and you like directing them to do that, there's also like squad commands. So you can tell your squad like, okay, huddle up, you know, like let's protect each other or go out and be really aggressive. And so all of this is happening kind of in real time as like the shooter stuff is happening. So the idea is really cool. The Star Warsisms of it are really cool and like having these individual clone troopers with different um uh like personalities, personalities like that's all yeah. stuff that's come back a lot you know yeah. around in star wars in the past few years with like bad batch and stuff like that so and even just like throughout the clone wars and uh, oh Rebels, yeah the they, they do a series. really good job of uh distinguishing one clone from another so it's really like the idea is really cool and the game itself is not bad but it definitely if it, I just kind of like, I'm glad I experienced it, but yeah. the couple hours is all I really want to put into it. Do you did you find that like uh, you have to really stay on top of like the tactical side of it and like being no can, no you can really just sort of brute force I your mean, way through it. I again I was playing like yeah, early you know, enough the in the first game. couple yeah. of levels, and so um and I'm sure it also depends on what difficulty level you're playing on. Like I'm sure I, my guess is that later in the game it does probably become more tactical and matter how you're commanding your troops, but in the beginning, it's really forgiving, so I never ran into any of that. Yeah. Um, interesting. I, 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 I might check that out when we're done recording, just to, like, see, just to see it in action. Yeah, I, I think it's worth messing around with, especially if you like Star Wars, and I've, I've never played a Star Wars game like that before. Like, it's so unique. It just makes me uh, nostalgic for that time in Star right. Wars. Right, right, right. Um, it's just... Because what, that was like 20 years ago? Last yeah. year was 20 years. I don't know exactly when this came out, but Attack of the Clones was 20 years old last year. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah, and Revenge of the Sith will be, uh, that was 2005. So yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, those those movies are a generation ago. Yeah, so it's just fun to look back on and like kind of remember that era of Star Wars. Yeah. Um, Mark, I, this is, look, this is not Nintendo related, so I apologize, but... I got to speak to Street Fighter 6. The demo uh, launched this weekend, or I guess last week, um, and I messed around with it a little bit over the weekend, and it is a strange experience. Um, 
Street Fighter Six uh, is a game that has, uh, you know, classic sort of Street Fighter one-on-one fights, like kind of normal Street Fighter things. Um, and the parts of the demo that let me mess around with that and the sort of like new systems involved there, there's a cool like parry and a like overdrive break system that like, it's just a neat like rock, paper, scissors kind of thing that you can apply these uh, special moves um to you know, uh, to to these fights, like kind of layered on top of uh, already uh, the robust Street Fighter fighting system. Um, but then there's also this other part of the game called World Tour, which is like the adventure mode, and it starts with uh, one of the more bonkers character creators I've ever experienced, where it gives you you know those uh, character creators where there's like sliders for like eyebrows uh-huh. and like brow uh, weight. Yeah, you can have like an make it like a neanderthal yeah well yes but you can do that with literally every part of the face and body um and so like if you go out looking for like bizarre street fighter 6 character creation uh like examples you will see some of the strangest stuff you'll ever see um i made a character for myself who uh seems like uh geez i don't even really know how to i think i described him in the in the discord as like uh freddie mercury meets iggy pop um (laughs) but like musclier (laughs) um uh and like trying to also be me a little bit right so like there's the mustache and um like uh the hair that's a little bit like mine but i gave him like more uh more gray in there as well anyway uh then you play as this character um who has like speed and reach based on how big you make their body parts, right? Um, and then you're just like sort of using the moves of like real Street Fighter characters, but also sort of not. Um, and you're running around in this world like a very, I don't, I don't even really know how to describe it because like you're just in an open world running around challenging people to fights. Um, and once you get into the fights, then it's like regular Street Fighter, but it's just so weird that you're like, running up to someone running a food truck and being like, hey, let's fight. Man, that's the, that's the world of Street Fighter. I don't know that I could hack it. It's, uh, it, it's bizarre. Uh, well, you know, could I hack it in real life? No. <laughs> uh, so you're running around. You're yes. fighting food truck people. Yeah. And are you, like, leveling up after fight if you win? You are leveling so, up, Or yes. I guess maybe even lose. You get, like, experience, and then uh, I you can use that to improve it. Oh, of course not. <laughs> Of course not. <laughs> yeah, what a what an interesting kind of like route for Street Fighter Six to take. Yeah, well, and I know I can see what they're doing, right? Like fighting games have uh, in the last decade like really tried to approach the single player experience from a, a different direction. Mortal Kombat uh, has done the like we do, uh, you know, CG movies that are like uh, you know just intercut with um these individual fights that you have to do and that is like their way of being uh, an engaging thing between the fights uh and i appreciate that street fighter is doing that but without instead of cinematics they're using gameplay it's just like not necessarily the kind of gameplay that i want to be engaging with when i'm thinking about street fighter yeah that makes sense um but it's very interesting i'm going to be paying attention to this uh when it comes out uh, I, I'm very interested. Also, I'm just like thinking about Street Fighter more now. Um, Mark, I pre-ordered a uh, a keyboard that has a uh, like drawing of. Uh, oh shoot! I'm trying to share it. Hold on. Oh, I just closed the window. Mark, oh no. <laughs> Hold on. I'm gonna, I'm trying. I'm trying to share it with you. Um, so I I ordered a keyboard 
Um, this is in our, uh, our, our our notes, our show notes right now. A keyboard that has uh, an image of uh, Ryu fighting Chun Li on it. Um, I've never had a like vanity computer keyboard before, but I ordered this because it looks cool. <laughs> it does look cool. Um, it's from a uh, it's from a company called High Ground, um, and I just thought it looked neat. Uh, I'll, I'll post pictures of it in in the Discord. I'm very excited for this thing to come. I don't even know when it's going to come. I pre-ordered it, and it said six to eight weeks, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'll see it someday. <laughs> um, all right, uh, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. So before we get into this week's new releases, last Tuesday, four new games were released for the Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive Nintendo Switch Online. You got Street Fighter 2 Special Champion Edition, which Patrick, I don't expect you to know what every Street Fighter 2 version is, but do you have any idea what makes Special Champion Edition so special? Uh, Mark, I know exactly everything about all versions of Street Fighter 2, but I also have played all four of these games. Um, this is a bad version of, uh, Street Fighter 2, basically a bad version of Street Fighter 2 Turbo, but without the ability to, like, speed up the, the game. That was one of the, like, things that came along with the Turbo. It. Yes, that's right. Um, so it has the, um, the extra, the, the, the boss characters are our playable characters, but it's before you get the characters from Super Street Fighter, so it's a roster of 12, uh, and on a Genesis controller and therefore on whatever controller you try to play this on it is based on a three button layout so by default the buttons abc in that order are light punch medium punch strong punch and if you want to switch them to kicks you push the start button so you had to like push the start button while you're playing like as oh, you're going yeah. to switch between punches and kicks. Interesting. The workaround for that with the, you know, on the original Genesis was the six button controller, I think invented for like the purpose of playing Street Fighter 2 on it. Um, and, uh, you know, but there's no such thing for the uh, for the Nintendo Switch. Not a great version of Street Fighter 2. Uh, it's interesting that it's on here, but ultimately kind of a wash. There's also Pulse Man, which uh, is notable because it was developed by Game Freak, the developers of the Pokemon games. Uh, so I had never heard of Pulse Man before, but I played a, a fair amount of it this afternoon, um, and it rips. Like, it's really fun. Um, you play as this, like, robot thing. Actually, let me uh, read you the description um, from uh, inside the app because I, I, th I thought it was fun. The action game starring Pulse Man, an artificial life form and superhuman that can run through light, was created by prominent developer Game Freak. Packed with charming characters, a lively world, and plenty of exciting features. Get ready to see what a real game is all about. Real is in all caps there. Uh, the year is 2015. <laughs> 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 the, the ambitious genius scientist Doc War... War Uyama schemes to conquer the galaxy, but a boy named Pulse Man, who can move freely between the physical world and the computer network, shows up to stop him. The battle between the Galaxy Gang, a mysterious organization led by Doc Wariyama, uh, takes place in a captured Tokyo TV station, a mechanized rainforest in India, and a maze of Las Vegas casinos, to name a few. Pulse Man's adventures take him inside computer networks and to cities all over the globe. That sounds incredible. It's fun. Also, I love that it's a boy named Pulse Man. The boy is named Pulse Man. It's not a man named Pulse Boy. <laughs> Honey. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Honey. <laughs> uh, 
Honey, I shrunk the pulse man. <laughs> no, I was gonna. It was, it, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but uh, here's what I was gonna do. Yeah, I was gonna say like, uh, no, it truly doesn't matter. <laughs> it's not even worth getting into. Anyways, you were gonna say you played it. I played it. Uh, it and it's very fun. Um, it's uh the 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 character sprite is big, way bigger than I expected in a normal um like Genesis game, uh, and it's very colorful, sometimes too colorful. Um, but the character can uh dash. Uh, jump and punch um, and run. And as he builds up speed, the punch and the dash become more dramatic. So um, the as, as, as you're running and you hit this dash thing, he like turns into a ball of light and starts to like ricochet, like goes up at a 45 oh, cool. degree angle um, and then like ricochets off of stuff until you tell him to stop or if he runs out of speed. Um, so it just like opens it up to this like very fun, kinetic, thing where you like want to go fast but you aren't like forced to or sentenced to like Sonic the Hedgehog style um I this is one I absolutely want to go back to had a blast playing for like half an hour this afternoon uh and want to just keep digging into and it's a game freak game yeah that sounds so fun also Kid Chameleon and Flicky I want to talk about Kid Chameleon for just a second Kid Chameleon is one of those games that feels like a flagship uh, Genesis game um, that I put in the same category as like Comic Zone or Altered Beast, right? Like these games that uh, were like the face, they're the closest thing to like mascot games outside of uh, Sonic, which, you know, obviously like broke the formula, did it well. Um, but man, Kid Chameleon is hard to play. Um, like the, the platforming doesn't feel good. The transformations don't feel good. Uh, I got lost in the third level. Third level! I got lost, couldn't progress. It was it's like, a platformer? Yeah, it's a platformer where um, you are a boy who gets sucked in, into an arcade machine. Um, uh, and this, you're not Chameleon Man. <laughs> you are a uh, kid chameleon. Um, he gets sucked into an arcade machine, and he gets power-ups that turn him into, like, classic uh, warriors of, of some kind. You know, so, like, there's a knight, there's a samurai, there's, oh, like, someone with a rhino head. Oh, so you're not a lizard. No, 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 no. Chameleon is like your shape changing. I understand. Um, and uh, and yeah, the the platforming is like slow and weird, and the physics are strange. Um, and uh, like the targets that he has to like hit his head, hit like his head against, uh, to like you know like the blocks Mario style yeah. are so small compared to him that it's like it feels like it's acting asking for a weird amount of precision on something as simple as hitting a block. You know, um. But so I and and that's one of the things that as a uh, Nintendo kid growing up was like, what are they doing over there with the Genesis that they can't make like this kind of thing work? And they do with Sonic, but like uh, Kid Chameleon is a poor ambassador for what the Genesis can do, whereas Pulse Man, uh, a very good ambassador. I do feel like we should, and I mean I don't have anything, but you you mentioned you played it. I feel like we should say a few words on Flicky. Since we mentioned all the other ones. Sure. So Flicky, uh, Flicky is a spin-off of Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, Flicky is like the name of a type of bird in Sonic, like one of those birds that you rescue as oh. you like hit those little capsules at the end of a level. Um, this is a uh, sort of single screen style um, arcade kind of game where you play as Flicky and you're rescuing other little birds. So you're a blue bird and you're rescuing these other little uh, like chicks. So they're um, yellow. Um, and there are cats that appear on the screen, um, and the cats will try to eat you, and they'll try to eat the baby birds. Um, and all you can do is collect the birds and, like, bring them back to the exit. And it's got a very, like, Donkey Kong kind of feel to it. Uh, it, it reminds me a lot, actually, of the um, 
uh, Burger Time Deluxe that was just released on the uh, Game Boy um, Nintendo Switch Online uh, and is also like pretty fun and enjoyable in like a high score chase um, arcade game kind of way. Don't sleep on Flicky. Like it's uh, uh, kind of fun. You're not going to spend more than like 20, 30 minutes playing it, but those will be a fun 20 or 30 minutes. That's cool. Uh, I guess we should also talk about this indie sale that's going on on the eShop right now. Yeah, because it is going away uh, pretty soon I, I, on the 26th, which I think is um, tomorrow. Uh, by the yeah, time this is that's released. right. On, on, on Wednesday. Um, so, yeah, it's a pretty big indie sale and just wanted to call out a few here. Uh, Mark, is this the opportunity for us to actually buy Baron Breakfast? It could be. It's fifteen ninety nine, mm-hmm. usually twenty dollars. Uh, also, Celeste is normally twenty dollars, but it is now on sale for five dollars. Celeste is a great game. Uh, Dead Cells Medley of Pain bundle is thirty one ninety nine, normally forty. Um, Hades, uh, a game that I love dearly, is half price at, at twelve and a half dollars. Uh, Hollow Knight is seven fifty instead of the usual fifteen. Uh, Pocket Knight Dungeon, probably my least favorite of the... Uh, Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon? What did I say? I uh, said Pocket, Pocket Knight Dungeon. <laughs> anyway, that's that's also half price. It's $10. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge is 20 bucks instead of $25. Um, which isn't too much of a discount, but it is a great game. Untitled Goose Game, which of course we are duty-bound to talk about. Untitled Goose Game. Agreed. Just as we are duty-bound to talk about all things Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, is also half-priced. $9. Or $9.99 is normally $19.99. And then Windjammers 2 is 13 bucks instead of the usual 20 Uh, And then there's a handful of other games in there too. Slay the Spire, Spelunky 2, um, Spiritfarer. So uh, check it out if you're interested in grabbing some older indie games. Okay, and then today... When we get into the real Ooh. new releases, Xenoblade yes. Chronicles 3 Future Redeemed, which is Wave 4 of the expansion pass, is released. Um, and there was a lot of info about this thing coming out uh, over the weekend, but mostly on like the Japanese uh, channels, like J- the Japanese Nintendo Twitter uh, and stuff like that. There was a, a couple um, drops on like the uh, North American and European um, Nintendo Twitter accounts, but it seems like they are uh, mostly seeding uh, that ground and being like, we're going to sell this in Japan. That's where the interest is. And we don't really know anything about Xenoblade Chronicles 3, so I think the less we talk about it, the better. <laughs> and then tomorrow, Wednesday, April 26th, Aliens Fires Team Elite is released on Switch as a cloud version, and that's the only reason I wanted to call it out. It's because we're still occasionally getting these cloud out. versions, yeah. and the economy of these things, you know, still uh, boggles my mind a little bit. Especially as it seems like some of the cloud services are going away, right? That like, um, uh, oh, which one was it that just shuttered? Not Luna, but the other one. Stadia? Stadia, yeah. Um, that like, is is there still a market if all of these things, I mean, there would obviously be no market if all these things go away. Um, but like is just uh, Xbox Game Pass and, like, the occasional, um, uh, like, Switch cloud streaming game. Is that enough to sustain this? Like, who knows? Yeah, and, like, Aliens Fires Team Elite isn't from a major publisher. Yeah. And so how much does it cost to do one of these cloud? You know, it's just all of those questions that I'm curious about but don't have any answers to. And then on Thursday, April 27th, Picross S9 is released, a brand new Picross game. And then on I mean okay. <laughs> and then on Friday, April 28th, the Nintendo Switch OLED model, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom edition is released, which means we are just a couple of weeks perilously close away from Tears of the Kingdom at this point. 2 weeks. Wild. Totally wild. Um 
I'll be excited to see this thing uh, in, in, in the wild, in people's hands, because um, I do think it is a fine-looking system. Um, all right, Mark, uh, those are the new releases. Let's close this out. Which brings us to a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, where a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of the show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Uh, we're going to do another quiz, another um, see if we can identify this thing by the quote in it, like we did last week. Um, and this is, uh, can we guess the Star Wars movie from the quote uh, and this we are getting from starwars.com itself um so uh i say let's take this quiz excellent do you, do you want me to pull it up or are you gonna i got it i got it okay cool. I, I, I can proctor um first of all how are you feeling confidence wise going into this uh less confident than movie musicals actually oh interesting but, but i don't know maybe we'll maybe i'll surprise myself how about you uh, I feel like I'm I'm pretty confident, but uh, now that I'm seeing the first one, I'm like that could be anyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, so the first quote is: "The Force can have a strong influence on the weak-minded." Okay, I think it's from A New Hope. I think it's from A New Hope as well. The other options were Phantom Menace, Revenge of the Sith, or The Last Jedi. Uh, Star Wars: A New Hope. We are right. Um, always remember, your focus determines your reality. Is that from The Empire Strikes Back? The Phantom Menace, The Force Awakens, or Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. I think this is Phantom Menace. I think it's Phantom Menace, too. It sounds very uh, Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon, yeah. Yes, correct. Uh, next is... Okay, now, come on. It's... They fly now? <laughs> Rise of Skywalker, Rise baby. Rise of Skywalker. Uh, and we're right. Okay. I'm feeling pretty good now. This okay, is giving us yeah. a lot of confidence. Uh, I've been in this fight since I was six years old. Is that from A New Hope? Rise of Skywalker, Rogue One, or Solo? I think I, it's Rogue One. It's definitely Rogue One or Solo. I, I think it, I think it's Cassian saying, I've been in this fight since I was six years oh, old. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, yep. Uh, all right, all right. <laughs> I don't like sand. Attack of the Clones, baby. Attack of the Clones. We are right. Uh, listen, big deal. You've got another problem. Women always figure out the truth. Always. Force Awakens. That's from The Force Awakens. Uh, the relationship between Han Solo and Finn, uh, underexplored. Oh, very. It's so good. I would love to see more of it. Uh, but, you know, he's dead. <laughs> uh, now, young Skywalker, you will die. Man, I feel like this could be. I mean, it's Return of the it's Jedi. It's Return of the Jedi, yeah. yeah. Uh, good, 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 good. Uh, and then I've got a really good feeling about this. Is that from. Return of the Jedi, The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, or Solo, A Star Wars Story. Feels like a solo it's thing a, for them it's to gotta do. It's got to be solo. It's too smiley. Uh. It's too winky. <laughs> yeah, we got it right. Uh, it is time for the Jedi to end. It's Last Jedi. Last Jedi. Luke's guy. It's from the trailer. <laughs> um, which, yeah, of course, I still have uh, memorized and etched on my heart. Um, no, there is another. Empire Strikes Back. Uh, I don't think so. Oh, no. I guess you're... Yes, that's right. I was thinking uh, Yoda as he was dying, but no. Empire Strikes Back. You're right. Uh, everything you've heard about me is true. A New Hope, Revenge of the Sith, Rise of Skywalker, Solo, A Star Wars Story. 
Solo, a Star Wars story. Solo. <laughs> I feel like it must. Yeah. Stolo. <laughs> Solo. I feel like it must be Solo, a Star Wars story. It could also be Rise of Skywalker, but let's go with uh, Solo. Nailed it. There's a lot of these. Okay. Uh, you've never heard of the Millennium Falcon? A New Hope, right? Sure. Yeah. Yep. Nailed it. Uh, next quote. Maybe someday you'll feel different. Empire Strikes Back, Attack of the Clones, Last Jedi, Solo, A Star Wars Story. Man. Um, Maybe someday you'll feel different. That feels like Solo as well. Yeah. I, yeah. Something yeah, that Woody Harrelson Let's go with yep, Solo. Yep, there we go. Uh, nailed it. We're doing so good here. Um, the Garbage Will Do. That's Ray. She's talking about the... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, Okay, the so yes. For, Force Awakens. Uh, great, great, great. We're nailing these. We've not missed one yet. No, I call it aggressive negotiations. Star Wars New Hope, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, Rise of Skywalker. I think it's Attack of the Clones. I think it's Attack of the Clones as well. Yep. I don't think we've had anything from Revenge of the Sith yet. No, I don't think so. Next quote is, you'll find I'm full of surprises. Oh, and we'll never know. (laughs) Maybe Uh, that one was Revenge of the Sith. Uh, uh, not one of the options. Oh. The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, Attack of the Clones, and The Last Jedi. Well, phew. Glad we, uh... Good, good thing we don't have to answer uh-huh. that one. <laughs> we were accompanied today by pianist Kyle Shaw. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. Last Wednesday, April 19th, there was an Indie World Showcase presentation, about 22 minutes of indie game information that we're going to run through right now. And this will be a lot more of just like a run through of it, right? Like right. Uh, in, in the past when we've done these Indie World Showcases, we really make a meal out of it. Uh, a, we've already been going for 45 minutes <laughs> on this episode. B, I, there wasn't much in this that really spoke to me. Yeah, I, you know, I have kind of felt that way about the last few Indie World Showcases. There's always games that I'm like, oh yeah, that's pretty cool. Or like, that looks neat. Um, but... Uh, yeah, although I ought, truthfully am not tapped into the indie game scene enough to have like games that I'm anticipating showing up that sure. don't. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. It's all kind of a surprise to me. The first thing shown was uh, Miniko's Night Market, releasing September 26, 2023. Uh, now, we, we had seen this one in a previous Indie World Showcase, right? Had we? I, I, I don't remember that. I mean, the night market part of this like really stuck in my head as something that we had seen before, unless there's a separate game called Night Market. Yeah, maybe there is, but uh, this was new to me anyways. Um, and you play as like a child who lives in this town where there's a <laughs> mystical cat and then there's uh-huh. a night market. Yeah. I don't really know how much to get into it, but it looked cute. Sure, looked cute. Had like a, a fun sort of like uh, paper art art style. Like it was, it was interesting. Uh, after that was my time at Sandrock, releasing summer twenty twenty three. A sequel to my time at Porsche. Your goal is to restore post apocalyptic desert community to its former glory. It actually reminded me a, a lot of like a three D version of something like um, Stardew Valley. Sure, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh. Played Up was after that, releasing October of this year. It's a roguelike management restaurant sim. With heavy overcooked vibes. Yeah. To the point where I'm kind of like, 
can they do this? <laughs> like, <laughs> it feels it feels like they just made Overcooked, but added some like roguelike. And I guess that's enough to yeah, be different. Yeah, but um, it looks interesting. Quilts and Cats of Calico, releasing this fall. It's an adaptation of the board game Calico. The thing that really stood out to me, which is a board game I'm not familiar with, but appears to um, be like you're trying to make a quilt on a board yes and, and put like, like patches on the quilt and that's how you right like and, earn points and the cats kind of like come over and mess with it or like like the quilt or, or something yeah and so the thing that stood out to me is you can really like customize your cat with your with a cat builder um there's a uh, a lot of cats in this one which is why we're talking about cats on on uh yeah, cats episode. on the mind cats on the brain uh i'll read a couple uh, yeah, yeah, so you yeah, don't have to read it. all of them uh next we had rift of the necrodancer um, which is a spinoff of Crypt of the Necrodancer. Kind of cool to see the uh, Necrodancing team um, back in an indie world showcase after they did uh, Cadence of Hyrule. Um, so this is more, uh, seems a little, little bit more traditional as far as these games are concerned as lane-based combat, um, so, which so like kind of the presentation of like a guitar hero or something like that. Still a little like active where the uh, enemies that you're attacking in the lanes are moving around, um, but seems a lot more... Uh, like what I expect from a rhythm game than uh, than Crypt of the uh, Necrodancer was. Yeah, in the first uh, definitely something that I personally would be more interested in. Totally. Than uh, like Cadence of Hyrule. Um, and then there were also some mini games in there that looked, uh, and they're like character based mini games that you get like some story about the individual characters that feel more like uh, Rhythm Heaven or like WarioWare esque. Um, then we got a an update on some DLC coming to games that had previously been been featured in uh indie world showcases a little to the left is getting cup uh, cupboards and drawers dlc so a little to the left is that like sorting game where uh you're basically you know like sorting drawers and organizing things uh so that's getting some some new uh some new content there shovel knight pocket dungeon puzzlers pack dlc um so this is a uh, free dlc that's coming this spring um where there are more puzzles and a guy that you can buy hats from and stuff like that. And then I think the big one, and it, it launched the same day as the, or it launched earlier this week, I guess, um, uh, the Cult of the Lamb Relics of the Old Faith uh, update um, came to uh, Cult of the Lamb for free. Next was Animal Well, which is releasing early 2024. It's a Metroidvania, has a neat art style and colors. Uh, and this is um uh this is the the game that's coming from um Donkey's uh uh yes publishing uh, studio or yep. whatever yep um and it does seem pretty cool uh like there's uh they they're talking about um like various ways to approach puzzles and situations um and that uh I don't know it just it seemed neat it has a very like pulled back perspective where um you're in a lot of dark space and just like how to get around it, it seems like a, a fun puzzle to uh. To approach. After that was Crime O'Clock, which releases on June 30th. Um, I don't really, the, based on the trailer, didn't really understand exactly what how like the gameplay works. But... Yeah, I agree. And this is one where, and I have a, like a sort of just general complaint about this uh, showcase that the writing was insufferable and had, you know, as is frequently the case, that they just have these things are just full of uh, like pointless puns. And this was one where they they were so wrapped up in like the wordplay and like the goofiness of it that I didn't get a sense of what the game actually was. Yeah, it's some sort of time jumping mystery game. There's they say there's 40 cases to solve. I thought the art style kind of looked like uh 
the it's like the perspective of like a where's Waldo. Sure. And uh, as you tr- what they say is as you travel through time, you meet characters, solve cases, and as you do so, the map changes, opening up new cases in different time periods. It looked neat, but I don't understand at all like how it actually <laughs> plays. Uh, and next up was uh, Tesla Grad Two, um, the sequel to Tesla Grad and Tesla Grad Remastered, um, which are available you know right now. We're available at the at the time of the showcase. It's like a two and a half D puzzle platformer with like some kind of action elements. Um, uh, you can buy them either as a bundle or you can buy them separately. Next up was Shadows Over Loathing, which the digital edition was available immediately, and then physical version is coming this fall. And it just made me laugh that it's it's set in the 1920s and in the West of Loathing universe. Now, you and I messed around with West of Loathing when it came out um, many years ago now at, at this point, and I feel like the three or four hours we spent with West of Loathing was like the extent of how well, how much time I ever want to spend with this franchise. So I'm happy that people are happy about this, but I'm kind of like, I don't, I don't necessarily need it anymore. It's a little too uh, like just like random cutesy kind of for, for me. So um, uh, shadows of loathing over loathing blasphemous two, which is releasing summer 2023. Um, a sequel to blasphemous. They even call it, they call it in the, uh, explanation of the game, like in the little dialogue voiceover, a brutal Metroidvania. Brutal. It was weird to hear them have to like shift to language like, <laughs> like that. It's like, oh, they're being fun. We're being cute. There are cats all over the place. And this one is brutal. Yeah, it does look, I, I never, I, it looks neat. Yeah. I haven't played Blasphemous at all, but it kind of, I know it's just uh, described as a Metroidvania. I guess that makes sense. I was going to say it reminds me of Castlevania. Right, a little bit. Maybe it's a, more it's a full. It's a full half of the. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, then Oxen Free Two Lost Signals got kind of a, a longer trailer. We'd been teased with it uh, in earlier directs. Looks pretty cool. I gotta say. Uh, so it's a like a horror mystery graphic adventure game. Um, and I thought the voice acting that was shown off in this trailer was genuinely great. Yeah, it sounded natural. It sounded natural, which is a weird uh, note to have to make uh, about these things. But uh, here, here we are. I, I never played the first Oxenfree. Yeah, Free, me neither. But this game at, or this trailer actually made me interested in playing that one so I can play this. We might be Oxenfree boys now. Yeah. Oxenfree men. <laughs> It's just our life now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we got a little sizzle reel. You got Paper Trail, which looks like it's some sort of puzzle game w- where you can manipulate images like you would paper. So fold it, rotate it, yeah. almost like those Mad Max, like or not Mad Max, Mad Magazine, yeah. fold in uh, pages. That guy just died. <laughs> R.I.P. Uh, and then Little Kitty Big City, you play as a cat. There's a photo mode. Chance of uh, Sinar. Which no idea. I really don't know what it is. Uh, Brotato, <laughs> a top-down arena shooter roguelike. Escape Academy: The Complete Edition, which is a puzzle game. Five Nights at Freddy's: Security Breach, which I refuse to learn anything about. <laughs> and then Bomb Rush: <laughs> Cyberfunk, where you battle rival crews and dispatch military police to conquer the five boroughs of New Amsterdam. There's like dancing and uh, uh, tagging, and the music is done by the composer of jet set radio um it, visually it looks super cool i you know i'm not entirely sure what the game claim is like i do want to say like uh uh brotato escape academy the complete edition um i think there was another one in there but when i was i was 
Googling them to kind of see if they had been released on other platforms and stuff. And a lot of them have been, a lot of them are like on Steam sure. and are coming to Switch. And a lot of them are like really highly rated on Steam, like nine out of 10. So it seems like there's a lot of good quality indie games coming. It's just the thing for an indie world showcase for me, even more than a direct for whatever reason, is I feel like they're like, the aim of these must be to just tease you and then say, like, oh, I was interested in that one, so it's going to be on me to go get more information. Yeah, I think because that's right. Because, like, the, uh, that, like, Crime O'Clock one, it kind of <laughs> looked interesting, but they didn't do anything to sell me on it, per se. I have no idea what the game yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just something about the format that doesn't really click for me. Yeah, well, it's tough because they're selling, like unknown quantities like a regular nintendo direct they're going to be like here's pikmin 4 get it and you're like <laughs> yeah i do thank you thank you i'm very excited yeah. um if you were to make a, a sequel to crime o'clock what do you call it I, I'm, I'm hesitant to get it wrong it's not a riddle <laughs> okay <laughs> i want to know what you would call a sequel to crime o'clock i have two ideas in my head i want to see if you're going to pitch one of those two ideas <laughs> i'm too scared to is it quarter past crime uh, okay that's pretty good or crime 30 <laughs> <laughs> both are very good mm -hmm. prequel would be quarter to crime <laughs> now it sounds like a book series <laughs> Like he's, you know, they're like those murder sisters. Yeah, yeah. Murder series that are like. <laughs> they're also those murder sisters. You want to stay away from them. <laughs> they're all based on, you know, or all of them have like the cat who in the title. Yeah, sure. Or, you know, like A is for murder apple. Right. You know. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's the Indie World Showcase. Uh, weird that it ends with the sizzle, sizzle reel for me. That there, yeah, was, there was no there's one like more a, thing. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, just kind of like a, not a terrible one, but just kind of not. One of the best indie world showcases we've ever had. Let me ask you this. We had, I think I've always been waiting for, when are we going to get another uh, Cadence of Hyrule-esque thing, right? Where Nintendo's like, hey, indie studio, uh, make a game using our IP. Why, why, have we, why have we not seen that since? And has it been a while, just kind of piggybacking off of that, has it been a while since we've had a third-party I guess it hasn't been that long, but like a third-party collaboration. Um, well, there's like Mario Rabbids was just last year. Right. And there was the Fire Emblem Warriors sequel that was, was right. that last the, year? The, yeah, Three Hopes. Three Hopes. Yeah. Um, but I felt like for a while there were like... Kind of a lot of them, yeah. And just like surprises. Like, you know, Cadence of Hyrule is a great example of it. So it just makes me wonder if those released and now we're in this like recharge period yeah, where yeah, they're yeah. being worked on but not quite ready to be um announced uh, yeah i i just feel like something i think it's time for the indie world showcases to be rethought mm -hmm. i i think the the format is um i i don't for whatever reason it just i don't think it really works that well yeah yeah i mean it it's interesting because like when they started um, they were like, a, and they were in, uh, Nindies, right? Remember they were Nindie showcases for a while? Um, that was early in the Switch's life when there like, truly weren't that many games on there. And where like, you know, the, uh, be like, oh, this is an indie that's coming to Switch. It's probably something good or something to pay attention to. And I'm not uh, trying to say that these games aren't uh, something to pay attention to. It seems like there's a lot of good stuff in here. Um, but there's just so much that comes to the eShop every day now and a lot of it from indie studios that is just like shovelware. Um, so like, 
uh, that almost speaks uh, more to like the need for something like this. But the showcase itself, to me, is starting to like it's lost its luster. Yeah. Uh, in some capacity, and is that a me problem? Is that a them problem? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I w- would love to know how people feel about these indie world showcases. Are they something that uh, excite you? Um, are you glad you watched one, or would you rather just that they were like highlighting these on like the eShop or in the news section or you know whatever? The Super Mario Brothers movie continues to clean up at the box office. In its third weekend in theaters, the Super Mario Brothers movie pulled in $58.23 million in North America, beating out all the new releases and bringing the total global gross so far to $871 million. And it has, a, I think this week it releases in Korea and Japan. Right. Or at least if not this week, then next week. So it hasn't even released in Japan yet. It is very easily going to cross the billion-dollar mark. Right, which is something I was skeptical of before the, before the movie was released. But maybe I shouldn't have been just with the amount of, uh, like, PR they've put into, like, positioning this movie as a, like, cultural touchstone. Um, uh, and, you know, it seems to be, uh, like, kids are enjoying it. Like, it, it is a good family movie, uh, something that you can take your kids to and not worry about them being scared or bored. It's only 90 minutes. Um, uh, and is like is that threshold of like just good enough um, that like it's a, a an important property um, that they're marketing the heck out of and is good enough. Um, so yeah, it'll 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 make that billion. Uh, seems like no problem. Uh, Shigeru Miyamoto was interviewed by Japanese magazine Nikkei last week, and of course he's talking about the future of Nintendo with the movies, but in the most cryptic way possible. Yes, saying quote Nintendo is like a talent talent agency we have plenty of other entertainers uh it, what an interesting way to uh to phrase that who are the interesting entertainers who are the other entertainers well, like I mean, mario was one uh-huh. right is that what we're saying uh and that like we also have pit people well, are gonna see a pit movie right well, i mean they do you i mean when you think about it they have so many different universes yeah that you know you have zelda you have donkey kong you have metroid you have star Splatoon, fox. you have star fox give me a star fox yeah so movie. um he also says quote there are many possible ways we could go such as using characters that would be fit for movies or very well-known characters that feels like it's it's a translation thing right <laughs> uh all of which is to say that they're exploring whatever other options they have uh, and why would they not? The this Mario movie made a a, a billion dollars. Do you think there's a chance that any other Nintendo movie, like any other Nintendo property, could be as popular as the Super Mario Brothers movie? I find it difficult to believe, but also I don't know. You know, it's kind of like the MCU. Not every one needs to be the highest grossing. You know, sure. you have your Ant Man, yeah. you have your, um, you know, what have you that doctor strange yeah you have your doctor stranges right and so some of them gross more than others but they're all you know successful and um yeah what's interesting about the mcu though is that they started with iron man right right. like they start with you know maybe a c-list character and made a pretty good movie or at least like a, a movie that caught the zeitgeist in just the right way um and then like then it sort of didn't matter like every like if if Nintendo had started with a Kid Icarus movie uh or like a Wrecking Crew movie and like that was great and people were excited about it then you you're like oh yeah now you can go anywhere yeah that's true that's um, true because like Mario that's that's the big that's the big one 
Yeah, so no, I, I, I don't know that any of them will would make as much money as a Mario movie, um, but it was a smart one to start with. Yeah, that, that, that is absolutely true. And finally, in what is likely to be the last Smash Brother Amiibo announcement ever, which is crazy to say. Yeah, but I mean, we're not going to get that Sora Amiibo, right? It feels very unlikely, yeah. We, got a, we have a release date for the Pyra and Mithra two-pack Amiibo. They're coming to stores on July 21st, and they both have functionality in Xenoblade Chronicles 3. A game in which they don't appear. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and then I assume they also have the normal Amiibo functionality in uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate, I would guess. Yeah, I would assume so, too. Um, so does that mean that uh, Sora will be the one character that you won't be able to store uh, like Amiibo fighter data for because you have to store them with... Because there just is no Sora Amiibo? Oh, yeah. I guess so. Interesting. Someone's got, someone's got to get on that. Um, all right, Mark, let's get out of the news. Not totally sure what I mean when I say someone's got to get on that, but someone must. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, join our Discord, send us an email, and we will let you in right away. Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8BitBetty. You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellery saying thank you for listening. <laughs>